Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Tribe Method Podcast, where we help gym owners, coaches, and trainers run better businesses and inspire healthier humans. My name is Evan Bardis. I'm your host and the head of marketing here at Tribe, a powerful gym management platform designed to help you build your fitness community. Now, let's get started. God damn it. Welcome to the Tribe Method Podcast. I'm here with Mandy Ellis, the co-owner of Shaco Bottom CrossFit in Richmond, Virginia. Uh, she and her partner, Ryan Reeves, uh, bought their existing business in July of 2017. And I'm going to be diving in, diving in to learn a little bit more about her, as well as her business and how she came to acquire it. So, Mandy, thanks awesome. a lot for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Uh, why don't you just start off by telling us a little bit about yourself, a little sure. bit about your business, and how you kind of started the whole process by which to search for and purchase a CrossFit gym. Absolutely. So I um, met Ryan through CrossFit, and so owning a CrossFit gym was never something that I had any envision of doing, right, which is pretty pretty crazy to think now, here I am two years later, um, and we have a thriving business in Richmond. Um, but I've always worked dental and, um, in the dental field and started my weight loss journey myself, um, and found the passion and the community that CrossFit offers. Um, and again, through that met Ryan, it's always been a passion of Ryan. Ryan is an elite CrossFit athlete. Um, and he was a coach for me, um, as well through that, through the gym that we met through, um, I was going through my own personal situation, kind of life transformation and, um, ended up finding such a passion in CrossFit, but also, um, my relationship with Ryan grew and, um, feeding off of his passion for it. You know, he had always wanted to own a gym. Um, and it was something that the business aspect was something that I had experience in. And so it worked really well. He was great at coaching. Um, he was, you know, passionate about helping people and owning the gym was, or owning a gym at that time, um, was something that just, he had envisioned. Um, and then from there he had qualified for regionals, um, for the first time in 2017 and right after regionals, um, he went, it was a great experience that was in Atlanta. Um, so the Atlantic. And what year was that? 2017. Yeah. Yeah. So we went in June and right after we got back from regionals, um, the gym he was coaching at, the owner knew he wanted to own a gym. Um, and she had found that a gym in the nearby city, um, was for sale and she showed it to him. And so he reached out and it was really interesting kind of the way that God timing thing, in my opinion is, is what I always call it. But the way that it worked, cause we were at regionals and Ryan was like, you know, you would think with it being his first regional competition, you know, going, he's so young, but he's such a good athlete. He's so passionate about the sport. Um, you would think it would have been like this breathtaking moment. And it was in a sense, but yet we left and he was like, you know, the next time I come back, I really, really want to have my own community. I want to have my own members. I want to have people who I'm changing their life every day, um, myself. And so it was just something that kind of, I, it was interesting to me. And then two weeks later is when kind of all of this started to transpire. So the, the owner of James River CrossFit, um, where he was coaching at the time, um, told him about it. And 
at that point, it just kind of, it actually happened really fast um, in the sense of told him, we went and met. It was very secretive that Jim didn't know that the that the owner was looking to you sell. You mean the members? The members yeah, didn't know? Yeah, the they members had no clue. That coaches didn't have any idea? Nothing. Um, and so it was something that Ryan had to meet after hours. So we would go, we toured the gym, um, talked to the, the then owner at that point. Um, and the, the process kind of started from there. Yeah. So, yep. Interesting. So yeah. you start, you know, this whole conversation uh, begins and you're touring the gym and you're building a relationship with that existing gym owner. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what are the types of things, or do you re- recall specifically why they wanted to get rid of their gym? Was it just not doing well? Or did they lose the, the feel or the passion for building a fitness business? Where were they at? Um, you know, CrossFit is something that with the business model that it is, you, it doesn't limit how close another CrossFit gym is. It doesn't really give you any type of true business detail in a sense. Um, and so I think the previous owners, and again, I don't know a ton, so I don't want to misspeak my own experience though from what I got from the experience was that he was more passionate about weightlifting and CrossFit was probably used for the exposure, right, to, mm-hmm. to grow the gym. Um, so having that um, affiliation with CrossFit um, helped to get his name out there. Um, but it was something that if you're not passionate about the sport, then your gym's programming and if you're not taking the, the steps necessary to make yourself successful in CrossFit, people who are there for CrossFit are going to feel that and see that. So I can't say the gym was thriving in any, any <laughs> way, shape, or form in, yeah. in that sense. But it wasn't, it wasn't doing poorly. In disarray. No, it yeah. wasn't in disarray. You know, there's, when we, we bought the gym, it was, there were two other locations within a mile and a half from us. Um, so he had competition. He also worked full-time. He was a full-time firefighter. So wow. bless him for that service. You know, it was, it's huge. Um, but when you work full-time and you own a gym, Full-time. Um, yeah, full-time, right. exactly. You're doing um, double duty. I think that it, it, the gym for members at that point in time um, felt more like a clubhouse than an actual gym. What do you mean by that? Meaning there wasn't really structure. No structure to class. There were sometimes there were classes that didn't have coaches. Um, so members had code to the back door, and they could go and work out. So they were paying a, mem- a membership, but it so wasn't Like an open ever. gym style. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Yeah. So okay. it was just something that it, it wasn't run like a business in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. And so, okay, let, what happens next? You take, you decide, all right, we're going to do this. You start running numbers or did you, did you, how did you evaluate the opportunity? Because sure. of course, you know, there's now, uh, like gyms right next door. Sure. Uh, did you do an audit of like how they're doing or did you, I mean, what were your steps there? Um, we, we took kind of all of those steps actually, but, um, looked at financials. And so we, and the owner at that point was very willing to kind of be very open with his financials yep. to show, you know, what the gym made, things like that. Um, but I think what it really came down to was we're in a city. Um, there's a couple of things you have to take into consideration when you're in a city. You have a lot of people who are on apartments, right? So they're on leases. They might stay for six months or a year. Um, and then they move to another apartment. If your location when you're in a city isn't convenient anymore, it might mean that they're going to have to change gyms, right? Nothing to do with the gym, but at that point they have to then move on. Um, and so looking at financials, knowing what the, the sale point 
um, and price was. Um, the other thing that we did was we did a full audit and inventory of what equipment he had. So at the end of this, we knew what his sale price was and we knew that if we went into this being that he wasn't extremely successful, if we were at least buying the, we weren't worried too much about the book of business and the, the members. We knew just biz, setting up business processes was going to retain members, right? If we focused on having actual residents of the area that we have being homeowners versus people who live in apartments and are on leases or students per se, those are great to have and we love having those members in our gym. But if we focused more on the residents of Churchill and residents of Oregon Hill in those areas, then we would have a more solid member base. Um, so knowing that setting up those business practices as well as looking at, okay, we're buying all of the equipment that is inside of this building, right? So all of the assets, if for some reason we screw this up, right? For whatever, or this just is not a good spot. What are the parts worth? Right. right, What are we investing or what are we putting on the line here? And at the end of all of it, when we came back after looking at his financials, after looking at the population base, looking at the average income of the area based on what a a CrossFit membership costs, you know, are you even in a location that people can afford CrossFit? Yeah. Okay. CrossFit isn't a cheap membership. Um, So do you have the ability to raise prices over the course of time being in the area that you're in? So looking at all of those things and then looking at what that equipment and what we were actually buying was worth. It was. Yeah. And so that was kind of the, that was the next process. You know, we, we did break down financials with an accountant and, um, thankfully Ryan's dad is also a, a small business owner. Um, so he has experience in that. And then we also took things to a lawyer, nice. um, and, and made sure that everything that we are agreeing upon, um, was within lines of, of not putting too much risk out there. Um, but with anything you have to risk a little bit to be able to get that reward. So, um, that was a big big part of that process. Very nice. Yeah. And then you mentioned uh, possibly raising prices and evaluating your your cust- core customer base or the types mm-hmm. of customers you wanted to attract. Did you end up uh, raising prices? We did. Um, but when we came in, when we purchased the gym. Yeah. What were some of the first things you did? Maybe yeah. I should take a step back. Yeah, that's okay. What were some of the first things that sure. you did when you, when you officially take over now? Uh, you are the official owners legally, uh, legally binding of this gym. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're, you're planning on renaming it to Shaco Bottom. It was the same. Oh, it was the yeah. same. Yeah, oh, okay. I didn't same. know that so you kept the name. The name. Yeah, Interesting. We kept the name. What was the thought process there? You didn't want to upset the apple cart or you felt that because it wasn't in disarray, you had a, a nucleus of a good community. I guess I'm just theorizing. Yeah. No, um, so going in, we thankfully, I mean, there was a lot of, of tension and at some point we probably will talk through what we did with the previous owners and what were some pros and cons and, and all of that of buying an existing gym. But um, initially going in, thankfully the, the previous owner did give us a warm welcome. He told the community about us. He, you know, welcomed us in saying that this was going to be better for the community and the members, they would get a better service in the sense of this would be a full-time position for us. Right. Um, and so there was a warm welcome there, but when we came in, we also gave a letter of commitment to the members. Okay. We're not coming in and planning on rocking your world, okay? It's not a, our way or the highway in any way, shape, or form when this is a service that, at the end of the day, Ryan and I's goal is to impact every person we have the opportunity to work with and make Shaco Bottom CrossFit a positive place to be. 
So we didn't come in and, and start changing everything. The only things we really truly changed is we cleaned like crazy. Couldn't have done it without our family and friends. Like three straight days of, I think Ryan stayed up like 72 straight hours cleaning. If you work full time and you own a gym full time and you don't have time to coach classes and you don't have time to do schedules, you also don't have time to clean. So the gym wasn't clean, you know, so we spent a lot of time. We, we told them that ultimately the only things really truly we were changing was we were adding more classes. There was always going to be a coach there to coach them. We added open gym times to give people time to come in while there was still a coach there to work on anything that they wanted to work on. Um, we were not raising prices initially. We were going to get in, get settled. Um, programming would obviously change. Ryan at that point would take over programming, and programming is something that Ryan is extremely good at. Um, and so that's a, a huge benefit. Um, we would give them a shower door. <laughs> it sounds silly, yep. but that's, and then we also asked for their feedback. Like, if you could change something in this gym or if you could see something running different in this gym, we want to know. I yeah. still ask that, you know, to this day, if a new member from another CrossFit gym comes to our gym and joins because they moved here or for whatever reason, I still ask that question is if there is something you've seen in another gym that you loved or you felt was a positive experience for you, I want to know because I never – ever in my life do I think that I'm doing it all right, right? Right. And so I always ask that question, and that was kind of our, our first initial step into the gym is we're going we're gonna to commit to giving you these things, and we're not going to change these things, right, financials being one of them. Even though we knew the gym financially needed to make more money to be successful, we still didn't want, it was a risk that we were willing to take. We didn't want to make that change initially. We wanted to build the trust of those members to know that what they will be paying for when we increase those prices is going to be worth it. They're going to want to stick around because those prices are worth it. Got um, it. Yeah. That's awesome. So you send them a letter, letter of commitment, mm -hmm. clean the gym, uh, commit to not raising prices at least for a period of time right uh you you design you know programming is going to change and we're committing essentially to always having someone in the gym right to coach classes and at least man open gym if there's something there absolutely that's great yeah um when uh when did you decide or did you start offering new products um we did so we started selling fit aid um in the gym ryan started offering personal training one-on-one -on -one sessions things that the gym just didn't have before. Yeah, didn't um, have the capacity, I'm guessing. Didn't, yeah, yeah, definitely didn't, which is also a revenue builder. You know, one-on-one -on -one sessions, gyms that, and this was another thing that the previous gym, again, because of capacity, I think a lot of times new gyms or gyms who are just trying to, like, pull at strings to get people in the door or to get them to join, instead of having them commit to roots or commit to a fundamentals class or three classes or one-on-one -on -one training before they join a CrossFit group class. Um, gyms don't do that, again, because they just want them as members, right? And so it's something that was really important is people were coming into the gym, but they were coming in as brand new to CrossFit and being thrown into group classes because no one had the capacity previously to train them. Right. And so that was another thing is offering those one-on-one -on -one classes for the members who either didn't have that or one-on-one -on -one sessions for members who didn't have that when they started 
or anyone new coming in yeah. by offering that. It would, you know, it's, it's crazy how much of a benefit that is to the members retention number. Um, when you throw them into a group class and expect them to learn in an hour when there's 10 other people in the class, they're not going to learn. You know, it's important that you teach them CrossFit methodology and the importance of it and why it works so that when they get into class, they know what they're doing. They know what to expect. They're not lost in, in the shuffle of, and busyness of a class atmosphere. Um, so we started offering new products. Um, other than I mentioned fit aid, um, personal training, um, those were kind of the, the big things initially, um, didn't really uh, touch, uh, any pricing increases or anything like that until almost a year in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we gave them a four month warning to say, as of this date, you're so this is coming. Mm-hmm. This four is months coming. From now. Here's four months because yeah. we didn't say everyone's prices were going to increase ten dollars. How many people ran for the hills? We lost one member. <laughs> one, and that was because his schedule really didn't jive, and it, he was tra- traveling and all kinds of things. And and once he that member lo- left, um, we also reevaluated kind of our product at that point, um, and. Ryan then started programming no excuse workouts. So I'm giving you guys all a huge secret here. Is, is it something if yeah, what are no excuse, no workouts? excuse workouts are something that can be done anywhere. So when he programs for our, our members every single day, he programs CrossFit wad, right? What you could expect, but he also programs body weight or limited equipment workouts. So if a member travels, we're in a city, we have a lot of corporate employees. They travel weeks at a time. They could find less value in our product because they're not there that often. Um, so instead of them having that opportunity, every day, Monday through Friday, Ryan programs a no excuses workout, which they, that can be done in their hotel room. It could be done in the hotel gym. It could be done at home. So if they can't make it into the gym that day. They're still connected. They're still connected. There's no excuse not no. to do it. So there's been many times where, I'm at my son's football practice and I've worked all day. You're sitting there doing push-ups? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm doing a wad. That's great. In, in the parking lot. And mom's no excuses, like, yeah, she no yells. Ex- yeah, yeah. Yep, exactly. That's fantastic. So, yeah, that's, that's something that offering that um, added value to that membership as well. It wasn't an additional cost. Um, it was just an added value for people. Again, Ryan's end goal is to make anyone he has the, the opportunity to healthier. Right. What was the size of the uh, membership increase? Did you do it to all of them? Uh, Did you do it to just the core membership? How did that work? Like the cost of it? Cost of the membership, yeah. Yeah. Um, So we had members, and again, I think this is a a new gym mistake. Um, When people buy a gym, they give discounts to anyone and everyone, right? Mm -hmm. Hopefully, and I've seen changes in in the sense of people are learning more because there's different people consulting and things saying, don't do that, right? This is why gyms don't survive. The evolution is pointing that way now. Exactly. But But it wasn't, right? In 2012, it wasn't that way. So everyone was on a different price point, right? There, someone, he really wanted a member to join. And so he decided to discount his 140 rate to $99 to get him to join. Right. Or, and so we had people from $89 to 140, 
when we bought the gym. Um, and so when we decided to do the price change, we sent out an email again four months in advance and said it does not matter what price point you're at right now, you're going to 150, $150 a month, yeah. no matter what. Okay. And so that meant some of our members were going to jump $60 and <laughs> we were terrified. We were, yeah. but, but at the How end of the day, how did you only lose one member? That's it's knowing your worth, knowing crazy. your product value. Yeah. And, and that was, that was huge. You know, it's, if you know, and we even had members approach us that said, we underpay yeah. for this service. And we're I'm waiting like, for that. I was like, Megan, I, I love you, That's the thing. I, but I, right now, this is the process. We're going to stick to it. I'm not raising your rate just because you feel you underpay when we, we will make that change. Just be positive. Yeah. If you hear anyone who is talking negative about it. Right. And, and say that for so long that you felt you were, were underpaying, right. There was literally, at least not that I was aware of. And our coaches are pretty, pretty honest with, with me and, you know, talking about what if they hear members talking or anything in that regard, no negative talk. It was, it was pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, mind blowing in a sense. But, and I, I do think the only reason for that though, too, was we offered it in a sense of here is a four month window. warning. Yeah. Here's a window of you can prepare for this. And it was also something that it wasn't like, again, our way or the highway. If this doesn't work for you, by all means, come and sit down and let's figure out, do you need to be on a weekly paying member? Like, I don't want to do that for everyone, but my current member base, if that change was going to affect them and they came in, they were like, Mandy, I really need to kind of talk about this membership price. I didn't have anyone that did, right? But I offered it. And so being open with that communication, I think allowed people to be comfortable with knowing if it was an issue that they could come talk to us about it. Yeah. And I think, you know, out of, out of the many gym owners I've talked to over the years and out of the, the gym consultant folks and that whole crowd who's been preaching a lot of difference making uh, strategies into this community, mm -hmm. uh, all say a lot of the same stuff is, and sometimes you can say it until you're blue in the face, but unless you do it, you never really, uh, well, of course, unless you do it, you're never going to have the, the benefits of, of that action. And that's, you know, if you invest in your product, you have confidence in your product mm -hmm. that, being confident to go and ask for, we know what this is worth because we've invested the time to ask you what it's worth or right. we've invested the time to ask you what's not working or what is. Right. And we know that the value is high. So, uh, and then, and then you, you get to this point where it's like you're at, at the trigger point mm -hmm. where, okay, we, we all agree that we think we should raise prices and then it becomes this, oh, well, you know, the holidays are coming up or uh, I don't want to do it after we just had a huge uh, membership sign up three months ago. Right. Uh, and so I think people start talking themselves into reasons why they should delay it when in reality it's if you give people enough warning, if you've done the work ahead of time to prepare for, you know, we value our product to a certain level and we're sure. asking constantly how it's doing. Mm -hmm. uh, is it meeting those expectations? When you have that data, there should be almost no fear at that point. Right. And you should be willing to say, all right, three months, four months out, let's give them the heads up. I think that's the perfect way to do it. So yeah, kudos to you guys for losing one member in this whole process. Thank you. Yeah, it was, you know, the other part too is like, it wasn't like there wasn't visible changes that we also made. We made physical changes within the gym too. We added more equipment. We did a, a huge bathroom renovation, right? So there are things that they could actually see as well that we were investing long-term in this right. for them, 
And so, you know, that was a big part of it too. Oh my gosh. Plus it's clean now. Yeah, it is clean. It and is. they have doors for the showers. They do. Um, <laughs> did, uh, did you end up having to, well, I don't want to go too far back into the purchase process, but did sure. you end up having to negotiate for that price um, and bringing it down to a certain level? Or once you did the, the, I guess, where did that start? And did you, sure. did you have to do this audit for the, um, for the equipment once you had already negotiated to value it and then say yes? Or was that part of the process of saying, no, you guys have to bring it down to a, a level? We did not negotiate at all. Nice. So once we went in and we were able to see the value of all the equipment, um, we didn't agree to anything until, of course, um, we knew the value of what the equipment was. Once we knew that, it was pretty simple. Ryan, you know, talk about that risk first reward. Um, again, Ryan was the one who was buying the gym. I was investing in the gym. Um, but it was going to be in his name solely. And at that point in time, Ryan had no debt, right? So buying the gym at that, I mean, he ended up paying cash for it um, nice. through financial investment and his own, you know, um, but it, no debt. He is not married. He had no kids. He's a thriving athlete. So that was something that was a bit of a risk um, is now you have to focus on business and everyone else's fitness could potentially come in front of yours, right? I think he's done an amazing balance or he's done an amazing job at balancing those two things, um, which is, is awesome. Um, but looking at what his risk versus reward was, it was something that could we have negotiated? Maybe, but the price we felt was fair based on the equipment value. Mm -hmm. And so again, that process was, was super quick. Um, in a sense of that, obtained the business license, got the affiliation. Um, How long did the whole over. process take? Four weeks. <laughs> that's like super It was really speed. quick. I think that's, uh, and I think I think that's it, an anomaly. Yeah. Well, I was going to say part of it was because we paid cash. Yeah. We paid cash for the, the gym. No loans, so it's not like, like there was a business loan that we had to you know apply for and wait to process and all of those things. Um, I think I have two more and then we'll, uh, we'll let you go. Sure. Because I know you have work to do and stuff. Um, <laughs> uh, if I didn't mention it already, yes, Mandy is a uh, part of our onboarding and customer success and marketing and sales. I mean, cause yeah. she's kind of done a little <laughs> bit of everything here at tribe, uh, at one point or another, she's pretty much like a Swiss army knife. Um, so I guess I'll just start with, yeah. One of these final two is, is how are you guys doing today as a gym? Awesome. It has been such an amazing ebb and flow if that even makes sense, is that like business ownership is not for the soft hearted, right? You have to make decisions. You have to realize like personal decisions. You have to realize you can't be everything to everyone. Um, you have to realize that there are some people that you are okay if they are not okay with a process that you change. But at the end of the day, like for say you take away open gym hours, right? Just based on attendance numbers. Yeah. You have to be okay with that. That change might affect someone, but ultimately if you're making that decision and it is positive for your business process, be okay with it. Explain to them why and be okay with it. So I think that that whole roller coaster of understanding and, um, that you're focused on them, but also your business as well. Um, allows you to grow and to be better 
um, stick to your processes. It's in the beginning, we were a little bit more lenient on what our business processes were um, because we were still learning. We we're still building them. Um, now that we have business processes in place, when we stick to them, it's, it's kind of changed all of it. You know, it's, it's kind of changed the whole process. Um, and, and so that's just the gym itself. Now that we have all of that built, um, we're confident in our communication with our members and, and what we're offering in the gym and all of that. The, the gym has, it's been great. We've had a gym open up within a mile from us already, and it doesn't stress Ryan or I out at all. That's awesome. And that's, I mean, there are so many people who need fitness in their life. Yeah, there's no shortage of demand. There is not. So focus on ultimately your, your, what you offer and your product. And I think that at, at that point, it's not going to matter. You, you can't focus on adding and losing members every day. Focus on the change you're making inside of your community as well as outside of your community. You know, I've, we've found that we have great relationships with all of the gyms in our area. Yeah, how have you maintained but that? That's my last question. Yeah, how have you maintained yeah, a good relationship with the, with the gyms right down the street from you? Because I, I, it's not a competition in, in the sense is be confident in what you offer, do the best that you can, learn from your failures and your mistakes, and community and CrossFit is so much, I say it all the time, it's so much more than your four walls, right? And so, you know, building those relationships with those other gyms and maintaining those, there's, I need an outlet. There are days when I want to go work out and I don't want to have to answer, you know, or feel like I have to go address the person who just walked in the door, who's never been in my gym before, right? Because there are days where it, we should be able to just work out and actually have that stress relief. So it's been important for me to maintain that relationship with those gyms because they're my outlet. It's awesome to be able to go sit down and talk business with them. You know, there again, we're in a city. We have people all around us. We have gyms all around us. There are more people that can use our help than what I need to battle over the same person in any way, shape or form. Right. If, if I can't be something to someone or they can't, then I'm okay. Like if a, if a member leaves there and wants to come, I express no drama. You know, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to know bad experiences unless you have a bad experience in my gym. Other than that, it's, you know, it's just being there to help people at the end of the day. That's what so, matters. Yeah. That's what matters right there. Mandy, listen, thank you so much for taking the time. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. I know our gym owners appreciate it and the people listening to this do as well. So thank you guys for tuning in and uh, have a good rest of your day. Thank you. Are we inside the time limit? Cut. Cut. Just see where it it turned off. Otherwise, I can do the sign off one more time. It's amazing how much you want to talk about. Yeah. I have a lot more questions I could easily ask. Yeah, it's but like that was perfect because yeah, it, it, we kept it a we kept it a little bit focused, which was yeah. nice. Yeah, that was super valuable. Cool. Do you know where it ended? Oh. Yeah, we did just have a gym open up a mile away, and like people are, like, oh, aren't you freaking out? <laughs> like, no. Hmm. Why? 
believe in your product and if you do I mean it's kind of the same thing of like looking at other other um, gym, gym management platforms yeah you know it's important to know what they're doing but if you believe in your product and then it shouldn't stress you I think that's good I like that a lot yeah If you figure out if it was like one of the last questions, you can always re-chat about it. Is this someone coming in? We could probably figure out a way to end it. Uh, if there's a long pause. Actually, I'll do this. Just turn it back on. We'll just duplicate it anyway. technically that was Mandy Ellis I think I'm still recording on let me make sure yep there I am no yes okay I'm ready yeah yeah that sounds good you're gonna just say I'm gonna say hey Mandy thanks a lot for coming in okay Okay, great. Mandy, thanks a lot for coming in. Really appreciate you taking the time. You're so welcome. Thanks for, for you, having me. You're absolutely welcome. Uh, for everybody watching at home, hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, it will be posted live on our website and uh, also on our YouTube channel. So be sure to like and subscribe and all that fun stuff. So thank you guys. Thank you. So we hope you found this episode valuable, guys. If you did, we would love it if you could review us wherever you're listening to it. Give us five stars. Let us know what you liked. Of course, subscribe and share it with your friends. And don't forget to reach out to us if you'd like to be featured yourself or if you want to nominate a guest to be on the show next. You can do this by emailing us over at community at tribe.com. And that's tribe, T-R-I-I-B.com.
Thanks, and we'll see you later.